Let me bang everything and like adjust my fucking chair and yeah. stuff now. Do it now. Why don't you tell everybody about this glorious wine that you're drinking? Listeners, I'm really important and got a text from mm-hmm. Wink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This went out to all Wink users. I'm not important. But it was announcing that Folly of the Beast now has a Chardonnay, like, white. They said it's now, like, a sisterhood or whatever it said. A duo, twins. I don't know. I don't remember my Twinning. very. Twinning, yeah. wasn't it? I don't know. I mean, I clearly remember my very important text from Wink. I'm sorry. Let me get my text from Wink. <laughs> from, from your text. From your very, from your close personal friend, Wink. Folly of the Beast is officially a family. Meet the show-stopping Chardonnay that's turned this solo sip into the ultimate power couple. And then there's there a little crown. There it is. Oh, so, and then they put little crowns on them in the picture. Oh, Very cute. And I realized when I saw this that I had the Pinot Noir that was already out just on my wine rack that I hadn't tried yet. So I was like, you know what? That's going to be my next pour. And girl, it is so good. It is, I get, I know, again, I use the word drinkable. It is like very smooth, drinkable red. It is only slightly dry. It does not have a foot aftertaste the way some Cabernets can. Um, it's lovely, and the artwork is fantastic. Like, the label is beautiful. Ooh, it, I will put it really it, is. I will put it on the gram. Um, and apparently the artwork is by Hunter Patrick. So not only is the artwork beautiful, but they give credit for it, the artist, it. on the label. And the cork, which is no longer in here, and now it looks like a cat that is trying to dive into my wine. Perfect. The wine stopper that clearly was a, an appropriate gift for your friendly neighborhood cat lady, me. The cork coordinated, and I love that shit. So I love cool. little touches like that. I love branding. <laughs> There's a reason you do what you do, Katie. <laughs> it's true. I'm just like, oh, wow, it looks good. And I move on. Well, thanks for asking what I'm drinking. It's lovely. What are I'm you drinking? Okay. I'm drinking. I'm kicking it old school. I'm drinking a Kendall Jackson Pinot Ooh. Gris that has been in the fridge for quite a while. Because H to perfection. H to perfection. H to perfection. Because I finished off uh, the Honey Beast yesterday, and I hadn't thought to put another one of my Atwinks in the fridge because I was just exhausted yesterday. So I was looking, I was like, oh, I love it when past MM comes through for future MM, and this was already chilling in the back of the fridge. And there's no cork, which I also love. I love, it might be trashy, but let me tell you, it's also ecologically sound I it love is a screw top i love, love not using top. an actual cork or the faux the faux corks that are made out of recycled stuff too i'm down for that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so listeners that's what we're drinking uh big shout out oh, to yes. past mm for coming through in the clutch God, um, every now and then i can really count on that bitch <laughs> sometimes i curse past katie's name but sometimes i'm like good work mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like how i ran started the dishwasher before we started recording I can't hear it because my door is now closed, but I'm like, those pans and stuff are going to be clean by the time I get out of here. That's right. Mm-hmm. Or um, I have... adulting. Hashtag oh, you. I am, right? I also am one of those make the bed the first thing people. I fully subscribe to this whole, uh, you know, general McRaven, make it the first thing you do and you've accomplished something that day yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, heck yeah. And Some days that's the only thing. 
And I've learned that I, you know, we're not really in the majority, us folks, that built that because I was I was saying it. I, it made sense in the context of the conversation, but I was saying it amongst my pod, who I love, if they're listening, shout out to my pod. Um, and they were like, yeah, I don't um, do that. I make the bed right before I go to sleep again. And I was like, OK, so I, I used to do that. And then I became a do it first thing in the morning person. It's more complicated when you have a partner that you are sharing the bed with because we Humble have now, No, no. <laughs> this is really more the complications of having someone that you live with and share a bed with because I can't do that in the morning. If he's still sleeping. Uh, if he's still sleeping. And we have gotten into this routine over the past year where I get up earlier and go to bed earlier and he's getting up later and going to bed later so we had to shift it and be okay. The last person to get up out of bed should that makes be sense. should be <laughs> the one who makes the bed. I'm, papaya, papaya. I was like bringing it back. Papaya, listeners, has he said it? No, he has not. He the only context in which he has said it is a talking about the actual fruit, or b when our group text makes fun of him and says papaya at him to taunt him he goes what specific episode do i need to listen to to understand this joke and we say wouldn't you like to know (laughs) and it's just like you should be supporting us you know he is super husband that's not a sarcastic title that is a real title um it is but he's just not a podcast kind of guy i assume or he's just uh or maybe he might be like my dad, where every time I talk about the podcast, he laughs at me. And I'm like, it's a real thing. <laughs> you know, he, he, he has a very specific genre okay. of podcasts he listens to. Car Talk? Uh, no. This America. Oh, we used to listen to Car Talk religiously on NPR. But no, there's probably a better word for it, but I'm going to call it gadget review podcasts. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. People who have tested out all the latest gadgetry Phones, microphones, computers, tablets, pads. What I tell you is you need to overclock your system and then this thing's really going to shine, etc. Yeah, I got yes. you. Yes, perfect. You could be a guest star. I have a, fa- I have, I have a face for radio. It's the kind of thing where we're always recommending stuff to each other and we know that the other person is never going to listen to it. This is a it. fun little game we play. You should listen to Obsessed with Disappeared. Sure, wife. Sure, I'll do that. <laughs> Why don't why don't you watch this latest documentary with me about this person who disappeared under mysterious circumstances and well, has never been found? Why don't we watch no. Mur- Murder Among the Mormons and for Movie Club? God, I really want to watch that movie. I really want to watch it. It's gonna be so good. But to shift gears mm. uh, just a bit, my name is <laughs> My name is Katie, and we are by Coastal Bessies talking about wine. And mysteries. And this is the Wine Times Mysteries Podcast. And we are actually, listeners, having a Wine Times oh, right this second. TM, TM. <laughs> I mean, it was the shout out to Emily. I need to stop saying shout out. I feel like I am a MTV VJ from like early 90s. But um, hello, <laughs> this- to, hello to Emily if she happens to be listening. Our original Wine Times, uh, literally was about to say tritet. Trifecta? Trio is the word. Trio. (laughs) 
<laughs> trio is the word. I like uh, tri-tit. I was, I was like quartet, queen tri-tit. And I was like, tri-tit. three out of five boobs. Three, the, the third boob of she the was three the boobs. the third boob of our tri-tet. Which we had regular wine times with. The wine times TM, TM, TM. Mysteries. TM, 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 TM. I will say, before we get fully started, that uh, I do know you received your first piece of official Wine Times Mysteries mail. I, I did, and I was be- so excited. <laughs> because I addressed when it I got them. Well, I mean, I was excited anyways, because it was part of, as everyone now knows, your very sincere and deep apology to me and, and, and the listeners, our loyal dozens of listeners. I apologize um, to my friends and family. So... I was super excited that it was addressed to the Wine Times Mystery Pod. It was so cool. And the the gift itself, everyone, we shall post a picture of this. Everyone knows or should know at this point that we are hashtag Doug Hive. Doug Hive. Big supporters of the second gentleman because you know what? We stand a man who stands his partner. We stand a man who uh, is now an educator in D.C. Yes. At Georgetown, yeah, at Georgetown. So he's an educator. He is educated. He's an educator. He is a good father, a good partner, and is a very supportive partner. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I mean, what more? We are, what a role model for young men of today. What a role model. Thank you. Love it. Thank Doug you, Doug. Hive. <laughs> so this, this apology present is a mug. Of Doug. That's right. It is Doug on a mug. It is so cute. I love it. I actually used it this morning and with an espresso. Fancy. It is right on, as me, I'm fancy. I'm fancy fans. I'm a, I go to fancy schools for fancies. I, it's right on the edge though, like uh, where the espresso fills it up to the very 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 top of the mugs is, is oh. a very careful dance of i <laughs> i have to sip and then put in the milk and then take another big sip so it's um, a, so it is a literally a like when when someone is considering a cup of coffee it is a smaller mug that's interesting yes 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 it is not an oversized central perk sized mug. So I was very happy to see, I will put it in the show notes as well, uh, Crooked Media, which is the type of podcast that I tend to listen to. I listen to, you know, Pod Save America, Love It or Leave It, etc. They released Doug on a Mug. And I bought that so fast. Um, much like I bought this uh, sweatshirt that I'm currently wearing, like so fast that I blanked out and like, was like, did my credit card just get charged? What what just happened? My sweatshirt friends says all worries as opposed to no worries. I love it with my whole heart. I'll link this as well. Um, my good friend who I've mentioned before, um, Aaron of Aaron's Inside Job, her friend, Rosie Rebecca, has a whole online store of anxiety-related uh, and mental health-related so apparel. Uh, and this spoke to me on such a basic, basic level that I broke my finger buying it so fast. I, my finger went through my purchase, iPhone. Purchase, purchase, confirm, confirm. You can buy it in almost any color. It's amazing. It's so comfortable. I got it I in do a crew neck sweatshirt. It's the best. It's the best. Thank you. I think it offsets my eyes quite well since my eyes are a weird, clear blue green. And um, I say clear, you guys. 
children have looked at me and screamed in fear before because they're like two shining gems oh well thank you that's true i'm not like daniel craig who looks like he can fire lasers out of his crystal blue eyes these i've been told are like a demon or a vampire no i just think unsolicited crystal (laughs) unsolicited i've gotten that comment i love it have you seen me in direct sunlight who knows no I for one as the light shines in and as the light shines in from my window and immediately whites out my entire face. (laughs) I'm so pale. I don't think I've ever seen me in direct sunlight. Okay. So So I'm guessing again and I'm very stressed about it because I feel like attention must be paid once again to last week when MM Mm -hmm. got a perfect fucking score. So in, in the way that Beyond Belief does, yes. coming off of the episode of Pure Joy of last week. We haunted, bu- ha- to... haunted Bucket, etc. Yes. <laughs> haunted Bucket. <laughs> this week. Should I, read, should I read the text you sent me? Yes, please. Please read the text. And we may have to post this to Instagram as well because. <sighs> I receive a text from M.M., and it is literally, Katie, this episode is so racist. <laughs> and then I wrote back, fantastic, with the emoji with the straight line mouth, which is one of my most used emojis. And then I get a jumble of letters that I can only assume is frustration <laughs> and <laughs> just a, yes. a visceral, primal... Ugh. Look, listeners, let's have a heart-to-heart. Okay. And K- Katie as well. Yes. A-, a little closer. A little closer. Everybody, come on in. So let's go over some content warnings for this episode. And, I mean, we're saying this in a, in a vaguely humorous way. Like, we're so, like, like we're so, like, hee-hee-hee, late 90s, hee-hee-hee. Not hee-hee-hee. We're being very serious when we say content warning. Content warning. I don't know how many of you have, as adults have ever gone back and either read the story Peter Pan or watched the animated classic Peter Pan. It is racist as shit. It is so racist. Like, you always just remember Tinkerbell and, like, cute things. And I remember yeah. Hook a yeah. lot. Yeah. Tiger that Lily. Alligator. Oh, all, all of that. Her, the, the way they draw... Her and her tribe and the men. All of it, okay? And imagine. And, and and the fact that they cast Rooney Mara as her in the movie. Uh, so. <laughs> anyway, sorry, 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 sorry. Similar vibes. Okay. With this episode where it was. Uh, Choices you, were made. Choices were made in rooms without representation. I will say that. Also. There are some animals that get hurt in this episode. So if that's a thing that doesn't sit well with you because it shouldn't. No. You don't have to listen to this episode. It's okay. You never just on the flip side. You never kill the dog. You never kill the dog. You know why you never kill the dog? John Wick is why you never kill the dog. Keanu will come for you. There, there's no dogs being killed, but I'm just saying animals, animals get hurt. Animals also get their revenge, but they also get hurt. So, so what we're saying is that this inspired the happening where yes, <laughs> the 
her and takes yes. its revenge via a moon yes. ring. Okay. Yes. Okay. So now that we've had this little talk, racism is not okay. I am not condo. We are not condoning it. But this episode exists. And so we're going to talk about it. There is a crystallization in time where writers rooms were almost entirely white men that mm-hmm. did not mediocre white men that did not like you they would just they wouldn't see and this is not to excuse them but they would just be like oh well like the first thing i guessed was oh does a black man get possessed by the spirit of a leopard which i want to say happens on buffy it's um, it's not too far off everyone it and, was a good guess you know and I, and because that was the immediate like where a mediocre white man would think, well, there are leopards in Africa. There are black people in Africa. This makes sense. Uh, and would not think, this is hugely racist. We also realize that uh, we are two white women. Yeah. Uh, recognizing this and commenting on this, and we're not going to get everything right, but we will try to recognize, like, this is not okay, and try and... But this is a, a microcosm of ridiculousness yeah. Yeah. that exists. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just know that this is going to be the episode that I get zero. Is the, my point? You will. You will not get zero. You're okay. It just okay. <laughs> um. So in our opener, we are back in Morticia Adams' house per usual. He walks back out in his black suit with a black shirt, Johnny Cash style. So that's mm-hmm. the Frank's fit of the episode. The opener is, to find the truth on this show, you'll have to rely on your animal instincts. Uh. So the prop here that he has, per use, I mean, how many cartoonists did they keep afloat in this? <laughs> I, that's all I can think of. Was, was, you know, a picture, a black and white drawing of an elephant that is meant to be an illusion when you look at his legs. So... It's hard to oh, imagine. Oh, where, where he has like maybe like eight legs. It looks like he has yes. more than four legs. Okay, gotcha. So gotcha, gotcha. he says, this picture, so for example, this picture of this elephant, even how many legs will challenge your judgment in the way that it's drawn? These stories have something in common with the legs of this elephant. Something about them you can count on. <laughs> and let me tell you, he said it so under his breath and so hurriedly, I had to rewind it three times and then put on the closed captioning before I could actually get that last. Because he was obviously not down for it. Even even Frakes was like, "Is is not? It wasn't the shit eating grin he gets when he knows it's a no. good one." He was half walking out the door and he was like, "I am young." <laughs> okay, story number one. What I what I think might be the only not the only not racist story here. Maybe story number one. The motorcycle. Okay. And of course, the prop that Frakes is using is a motorcycle. And I will say, he looks pretty good on a motorcycle. I'm not going to lie. I was about about to ask. I was like, like a toy motorcycle or like a real motorcycle? Like a real motorcycle. I love how both both of us like like pull our heads back to create several (laughs) chins. Just become like a weird creep. Like, That was me. That was me. I identify a lot with uh, some aspects of the story. Just wait for it. Well, you'll you'll know it when we get there. Okay. So 
as Franks tells us while sitting on his, he's sitting on the motorcycle for this entire intro, by the way. Okay. Americans have been obsessed with motorcycles since the 1950s. And he says it like that. Obsessed. <laughs> he knows he looks good. He, he does. He, he is knows. mugging for the camera. Goes, In many ways, it's just classic Americana. So then he segues into the story, which centers around Greg Hansen. Not to be confused with our bestie at official Chris Hansen, but this oh, is Greg gosh, Hansen. Greg Hansen is currently living on Barton Ranch, which his grandfather had owned, but uh, his grandfather was increasingly losing money on the ranch and I guess the ranching business. Towards the end of his life, he was forced to sell off almost all of his horses, except for one whose name was Nugget, which is so cute. Nugget. Oh, and Nugget's a very cute horse and Nugget's yes. walking around. So his grandfather dies and Greg is left with the ranch, but he has to figure out a way, a way to save the ranch and this he doesn't a, know how to do it. This is like a common theme um, beyond belief. Like someone's yes. going to lose the farm. Yes, exactly. Well, let me tell you, Greg talks about his grandfather and kind of the, the words that he says, he sounds like he is supposed to be a much younger person, like maybe 20. Okay. Greg is definitely pushing 40. Got it. Hot 40? Or mediocre white man 40? Um, A better white man 40 than someone who appears in another story. But definitely, <laughs> definitely like you are, you, you're too old for this role kind of a thing. Gotcha. Um, like, like Luke Perry in high school. Yes. R.I.P. Yes. Luke Perry, but God, like Luke Perry in high school. P. Yes. Like that. I'm still thinking about Frank's on the moon. <laughs> So anyways, Greg is... T- <laughs> Me too, man. Oh, and you haven't even spied. Americans are obsessed. <laughs> okay. So Greg is talking to Nugget. And he's, he's giving... <laughs> Pull Sorry, it together, woman. Such a weird turn of How phrase. Can- How- <laughs> Greg is talking to Nugget. look (laughs) he's giving nugget a carrot and he's petting nugget and he's talking to nugget (laughs) and he's like and this is why i say he's supposed to be playing someone younger he's like oh nugget i sure do miss grandpa Uh, he sure left me with a mess here how am i gonna save this place if you have any ideas nugget please tell me i'm listening yeah, I, I mean, kind of think where I'm like, you're Nugget, not- Nugget's not a mystical spider that can spell out words. Or is he? Wait for it. Katie. What does he what does he spell out with? Does he solve what? crimes? Does he turn into Count Mystery? You are obsessed. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like, is this is this the beyond belief cinematic universe where this it's is connected everything's story. connected? <laughs> Count Mystery's Oregon story when he was growing up on a a poor horse. On a poor ranch, and his name was Nugget before he struck it big and showed the world what he could do. <laughs> and got a barony. Count Nugget. <laughs> a count. I have the count of mystery. What does a count have? I just said barony, but a that's A title. Right. But yeah, but like, what is like, because like a an baron estate. has a barony. An estate. 
There's not like a, like a, like a. Look, term. Katie, if you don't know, that just tells me you're uneducated and I'm not going to waste my time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, like a Duke has a duchy. Like, what I'm going to count? I'm going to treat you like uh, the royal family treated Meghan Markle and just, just not tell you shit. And ask me how dark my baby's going to be. Oh, speaking uh, of bristles. Uh, uh, well, that speaking. fits nicely into this episode. There we go. It? Okay. So then Greg tells us when he's done conversing with Nugget. Mm-hmm. That he calls his mom back in L.A. almost every day to give him support. This is where I start to feel a lot of uh, commonalities with Greg because his mom is clearly an aging hippie <laughs> living out in L.A. She's wearing uh, long flowing peasant skirts. She's just she's very, you know, she's very in tune with herself. And so while he's on the phone with his mom, he looks out the window and he sees Nugget, who is now out of the corral and like walking around. And he's like, Mom, I gotta go. Nugget's out. I'll call you back. Bye. And so he puts the phone down. My one horse. Yes, yes. He has literally one horse. So he goes out looking for Nugget. Well, Nugget has found his way to a back room in the barn and is kind of uh, neighing around a tarp. And when Greg pulls back the tarp, there is an old Harley under the tarp. How long had it been there? Where did it come from? Nobody knows. So so Greg uh, wheels it out of the barn. And he takes a look at it. And he, he sees, well, he can tell where they're going to need a few parts to make it running. So he calls the local motorcycle shop. And he talks to a guy whose name is Danny Gaines. Danny Gaines is, is the owner of the local motorcycle shop. And the local motorcycle shop is called Danny's Hog Heaven. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like it should possibly be a leather daddy bar. Yes. Am I wrong? Uh, Jonathan Frakes says you are obsessed. say that he he gives Danny Gaines the serial number for the motorcycle and um, Danny Gaines calls him back the next day and says it's really hard to find the parts because this bike is so old but he'll make him a deal he'll take the whole motorcycle off his hand for $1,500 so Danny Gaines is a shifty motherfucker trying to take a very expensive bike off of Greg's hands 100% okay but Greg recognizes this, and he says, "I even I thought that was low. So he worked Danny Gaines up to about $10,000 before okay. he says, you know what, I'm going to think about it, because internally he's saying something doesn't feel right here, so good on Greg. So then he calls and talks to his mom. Who is, who is, who is an earth mother slash hog enthusiast. Yes. yes, as we find out, she is also obsessed, because... <laughs> Greg, son, ah ha ha, do you remember that biker that I rode across the country with? Tee hee hee. He owns a motorcycle shop. So give me the serial number. I'll run it past him. I'll run it past my former lover. Slash possibly current lover? Slash motorcycle daddy? So she says I'll run it past him. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see what he says. So his mom's quote-unquote friend checked it out. 
So then a team of attorneys calls the mom back. And it turns out they're representing Jay Leno. And Jay Leno's interested in purchasing this motorcycle. So the next day, yeah, that's the right look. Because as he just says this, off the cuff. The next day, while Greg is still figuring out how to save the ranch, Danny Gaines just comes by. And then he says, look, Greg, friend, I'm going to do you a favor. I have someone who's interested in this hog. He won't call it a motorcycle because he's from Danny's hog heaven. So someone is interested in this hog for $15,000, but it's take it or leave it. And so, and he, he wants you to make a decision now. And he holds up this, this check in front of him. And while he's holding up the $15,000 check, Nugget starts going nuts behind Greg. He's neighing and he's stomping his foot. Going like and this so, motherfucker. <laughs> yes. Nugget knows. A young Count Mystery knows. So <laughs> Greg turns around and he's like, Nugget, what's in? He's like, I've never seen Nugget act this way before. And Danny is just like, oh, he's supposed to be spooked by something. And he's like, oh. So he's trying to calm Nugget down. And then here's the phone ring. Oh, sorry. One little aside. <laughs> Maybe Nugget was spooked by a gigantic spider that chased them and made them faint, like the spider that chased me and made me faint in Animal Crossing last night. Oh, did you did you meet a tarantula? What the fuck, dude? Yeah. Oh. What the fuck? Let me tell you about a little place I went to that I thought was lore, and it's not called Tarantula Island. Is I it went just there, like? A, is it like a like, random island you happen upon with a nook tie a nook ticket? Yes. And it is full of goddamn tarantulas. And the only way I made it out of there is that I'd actually seen a YouTube video into how to survive. How do you survive? Do you just net constantly? 2,000 years later. Yes. And then while he's trying to calm Nugget down, here's the phone ringing. So he runs off to go get the phone. He tells Danny, I'll be right back. Talks to his mom. And the mom says that they have an offer to buy the motorcycle for $2 million. And he's like, take it, take it. She's like, I already told him that we would. And he's like, oh my God, why two million? This is insane. And she goes, he just told me to tell you to look under the seat. We're like, okay. So he goes back out to the hog. He tells Danny to fuck off. It's the first Charlie Davidson. (laughs) He lifts up the seat and under the seat he reads, to Priscilla, love, Elvis. And then that in scene. And so Frank how did says, Jay, like, is Jay Leno just, he's got his finger on the pulse of the, of the hog underground. I, 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 again, I if you don't know, I don't think I can educate you in this short <laughs> of time. So the, so then for the Frank's phrase. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. so he never confronts Danny Gaines about being a piece of shit. No, we can only assume. That, that he went back nugget. out going like, Hey, Danny Gaines. We can only assume that Nugget got loose and kicked him in the face. That's that's the only thing I can. I assume. love that for him. I love that. I love. For I, him. I love that for you. So the Frank's phrase was: "Is this story the truth, or are we just recycling another lie?" Which doesn't match anything in the story. I don't understand it. But that's that's story number one. No racism yet. So one, we have no clarity on why Nugget is such an intelligent horse. No. Except that Nugget will eventually become Count Mystery. Two, we have no idea, like, why Jay Leno is this underworld hog boss. (laughs) (laughs) Who also goes to the leather... The leather daddy bar. Leather daddy bar called Danny's Hog Heaven. 
Um, awesome. Okay, so that's so Frakes was sorry. I interrupt. Did I interrupt? No, you? that was okay. it. So I have to guess if this is real or fake. Yeah, that's the that's, yeah, the, prim- that's, that's the premise of that's our show. Actually, what you have to do at this moment in time. God, yes. oh, fact or fiction? There's so much going on with the J. Let there's so many details. So much going on. So much. And then it's also the Elvis bike. I feel like it's too much. Like usually when <laughs> I usually lot. just usually when there's like a specific detail, you're sort of like. That's really specific. There are a lot of specific details. There's, there's so much. There's the Harley. There's the serial number they keep mentioning. There's the 10,000. There's the There's their 15, lover. 15,000. The 2 million. The, uh, you know, my friend. My friend. The way she says, wink, says friend. Wink. Like, you and I both know. Wink, wink. That I bang that dude a lot. <laughs> <laughs> On yeah. the Harley. Oh, Katie. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like. I feel like it's got to be false because, like, I feel like Jay Leno is a bridge too far. <laughs> they flew too close to the sun with Jay Leno. I'm trying to read your face, but you have a poker face, like, <laughs> of just, like, to see if there's, like, an air of disappointment in your eyes. Like, I wouldn't, Katie. So I'm not angry. I'm just is, disappointed. The, the difference between us is I would never be disappointed but, in your answer. <laughs> so win-win. We're moving right along now to story number two. Yes, yes. Blind man's dog. Is this dog going to get hurt? Is that the content warning for this one, too? Yeah, that's part of it. Is this blind man going to turn into John Wick? Because they hurt his dog. No. No. It's the failure of a story. (laughs) Anyway, continue. The prop that Frakes is using is a beautiful, wonderful, happy golden retriever. Adorable. Is his name Nugget? No, the dog's <laughs> name's not Nugget. It's Buff. Okay. Ugh. What a bad name for a dog. Who are you? Who are you? How dare you judge? <laughs> um so Frank says, if a dog is man's best friend, what accolades does a seeing eye dog deserve? All of them. All is the correct answer. The dog in our next story has another superpower. The the central character of this story is Lloyd Weeks, who has, as Briggs tells us, been blind since birth. Okay. He has his dog, Buff, who has been his eyes for the past eight years. Oh, so Buff from the thing is the actor that was in the... Aww. Everyone loved Lloyd and Buff until the howling started late one night. So Lloyd and Buff live in an oldie-timey-looking apartment building. So... Howling starts late one night, and let me tell you, this dog, I mean, the sound effects they're using, he is howling at the top of it. I mean, really howling at the top of his lungs. Are you just hearing it, or are you seeing Buff do it? Both. Okay. So... So it's not like a ghost dog, and Buff is not No, like no, a... no, no, no ghost dog, no ghost dog. So okay. the next morning, they found out that the tenant in apartment 1B had hung himself in his bathroom around midnight, which was about an hour after Buff had stopped howling. Then for two weeks, it's quiet, and he starts howling again. And this woman is running to the superintendent. She's like, help me, it's Roy, and it's his heart. And so the superintendent leans down, checks him out, he's like, he's dead. And then they tell us that he had a massive heart attack an hour after Buff had been howling again. So, of course, at this point, the 
tenants decide to hold a meeting about what to do about the situation. Instead of giving this dog a medal, which I feel like they should, they're all complaining about the fact that the dog is howling and causing people to die. I mean, the dog can just sense the disturbance on the air. And, and it's so, just like, right. everyone everyone be at attention. Something's going down. Right. So the, so the main douchebag in this meeting is, is talking to the super. And he's like, I'm telling you something's wrong with that dog. We're not saying he's the cause, but we just want him to leave. But we're saying and, he's the cause. Right. And the superintendent's like, dude, Lloyd needs buff. It's his seeing eye dog. He's not just going to let him go. And he's, if you want to get rid of the dog, then Lloyd's going to have to go too. And you can't evict him. For He's like, I'm not going to do that to him. And let's give him one more chance. And so this guy, this is one of the problematic things that is coming up here besides obvious violations, I feel like, of landlord-tenant law. The, the main douchebag is saying, well, who's going to be next then? Is it going to be her? Him? It? And when he says it... He's pointing this to this very tall person in the back of the room who I had noticed only because they were exceedingly tall and it looked like they might have been wearing a lot of makeup, but they're kind of fuzzy in the background. Like the camera's not focused on this person. I don't, I don't, I don't know if this person is supposed to be like a non-binary. If this is, this our sign that we're quote unquote, like we're in LA and it's, it's so different. I, it was such a weird. Yeah. I think it's a, this guy's a jerk there signpost you right because right yeah. yes it oh, it was so odd it was and that was all, literally all they said just about the situation. for no reason they could have included a, a non-binary person if it was just a that this is the extra we have that day um but instead they decided let's write in this cruel joke about it uh yes possibly coded as transgender person or non-binary yes. person that it doesn't serve the storyline it doesn't serve anything any any other purpose it's like so, ha 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 let's point and laugh which is yes that's that's what it was so then out of nowhere lloyd and buff show up and lloyd says well it doesn't really matter because i've already decided that we're moving out and it shows rick helping lloyd pack up and it says he feels awful sure you do rick and lloyd is apparently working on a puzzle which i can only imagine was su- super difficult when you can't see the picture and you're just feeling the pieces and what fits together and so Rick says, but Lloyd, what about your puzzle? And Lloyd says, you keep it because we're going to come back here one day and we'll finish that puzzle together. And it's very, it's like a very sweet kind of a thing. And Rick's like, okay, well, here's, here's my card in case you need anything. It's got my number on it. He puts it in his hand. Lloyd puts it in his pocket. Well, then Buff starts howling his little dog self out again. And we're thinking, ooh. Is Rick going to be the next person to to die? Is this Rick's is the howling jerk? Time? I hope it's the jerk. Is it the jerk that's in trouble and then it saves him that because Buff was howling? Well, in Rick's mind, hopefully the lottery of death was over. The lottery of death. So the next day, two police officers come to the building to talk to Rick the super and they tell him a man was killed by a runaway truck and they had uh, they found Rick's card in the man's pocket. So it turns out that Lloyd and Buff died... An hour after, yes, that's the correct reaction, died an hour after Buff had been howling. It was clear that the final howling was meant for them. And then they do slow-mo reenactments of this. It was like they had just seen The Matrix for the first time. And there is, it goes to black and white. 
with Lloyd and Buff, and there's this van, like a delivery van, coming up behind them in slow-mo, and then you can see all the pigeons are, like, Matrix-style, like... Very John Woo. Very yeah, just... swirling around them. Um, and then, of course, it all just stops as the truck is very slowly getting closer to them. Um, and Frank says, how ironic a man and his seeing-eye dog would die this way. To which I said, is it? Is that, is that irony? No. Why didn't that's... Buff lead B- Lloyd out of the way? Was it once he had howled, his fate was sealed? So the Frank's phrase, is this a true story of real substance, or are we just barking at the moon? Not barking at the wrong tree? Come on, Frakes. I know, Um. it was right there. It was right there. Um, I have a guest now. He's just going to start chewing on this this headphone cord. Oh, I thought you said a guest, and I was like, great. No, Oh, no, a guest. Guest. You do have a guest. Were you you silent? silent? Or were you silenced? Silenced. Um, the former. Queen. Yes. Queen. Um, I'm going to say true. Because why kill a dog unless it actually happened? Hmm. That would mean you're a sociopath and he's chewing on the cord. Baba, no. no. Katie says true. Story number three. <laughs> Possibly the most racist one by the Tony it's, um It's hard to say. Honestly, it's hard to say. It's called Deer Hunters, a.k.a. Uh. It should have been called Rednecks in a Truck. So the prop that Frakes is using are mounted deer antlers. And he says, would you display this as a trophy? Many do. Frakes says, no matter how you feel about hunting, there's one thing we can all agree on. The rules must be followed. When a hunter goes too far to satisfy his bloodlust, a line between nature and humanity is violated. Judd has no use for animals. He just uses them to satisfy his gross appetites. So he's a sociopath that wants to kill things. But he will learn that every living thing comes with something you can never digest. A soul. Like, so we wait. His gross appetite is like he's eating all of his kills? Wait for it. Oh, God. Okay, so we have our very dramatic ending of the Frank's face. A soul. Okay, and then... Dun, dun, dun. So we see a, like one, a really old, like 1980s circa old red Ford pickup. Like big, there's two dudes in camo in the truck and they're talking to each other. One is clearly are. meant to be a douche and his name is Judd. And the other one is, while douchey, trying to be more the voice of reason. He, by the way, never gets a name. So I'm just going to call him redneck number two. Okay. So Judd says... Uh, so redneck number two is saying, uh, oh, no luck today. I guess we just have to go home. We didn't find anything. Judd says, no way. I'm having venison for dinner. He's like, let's go over here. And redneck number two says, but look, you can't go on the reservation. It says no trespassing. And Judd's like, fuck that. And he turns his giant pickup and goes down this road and it, it zooms in on a sign. It says no trespassing in all caps. Native American Reservation. So then Redneck number two is, I'm telling you, Joe, we're making, you're making a big mistake. This is sanctified ground. Judd, meanwhile, he's drinking beer. He's throwing the beer cans on the ground. For sure. 
both of them are carrying big giant crossbows and dressed mm -hmm. all in camo and they keep going deeper into the forest because even though redneck number two does not agree with judd he's still going along because i guess judd is an alpha male i'm not sure redneck number two is saying somebody's watching us oh my gosh that sounds like a drum and then Judd says, yeah, right, you're the biggest pain in my butt, you know, yada, yada, yada. While Redneck number two keeps thinking he is hearing these mythical drums. Tribe, and people yeah. are, right, and people are, are watching them. Then Judd sees a deer, and he goes, I got a buck! And Redneck number two is like, it's not a buck, it's not big enough. Like, And they show him, he's basically like a teenager deer. Like, he's not, yeah. not a huge deer. And Judd's like, well, he's fucking big enough. And so drunk Judd fires his crossbow at him and the deer runs away and Judd says, I got him. And Redneck number two is like, no, dude, you clearly missed him. And while they're arguing about this, Judd finally hears the drums. drums. He says, oh, I hear the, those are drums. And then he wants to keep going to find the deer, but then Redneck number two convinces them they have to go back. So they find their I love I love I hear ghost drums like I hear yes. you know racist ghost drums. I want to keep yes. going though. Yes. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So they get back to the truck and Redneck number 2 says he's feeling better now that they're on their they're back on the road and they're on their way out of there. And Judd says I'm coming back tomorrow and I'm not letting you you ain't coming. I'm not letting you come with me. And Redneck number 2 is like fine. Yeah, like you're an adult? And then we see there's a deer in the road. Redneck number two says, that looks like your deer. And Judd says, no, I shot my deer. That can't be my deer. But you see, he's got like a big wound in his neck. Mm -hmm. um, and then Judd decides to be the ultimate asshole and decides that is his deer. So he's going to speed up the truck and run it over. And smash your car. Yes. That's what happens when you... So the deer. deer very smartly runs off the road. So the truck veers off the road because Judd is drunk and driving. And so the next thing we see is redneck number two is being attended to by an EMT who's telling him, so sorry about your friend since he's dead and all, basically. And redneck number two is like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> He's not too <laughs> Whatever, man. We're kind of like Facebook friends. We're not really like. Okay, friend is a strong word. Okay. And the EMT says, you know, that deer that caused the accident was killed by an arrow, not your truck. And it was an old Indian arrow. Not my words, his words. I'm just reading these back at you. EMT says, that was an old Indian arrow, not one of yours. Mm hmm. And Redneck number two is like, what? And so the EMT is like, come on, I'll show you. And I'm like, EMT, what? Like, you're handling the dead deer and you're taking care of the human patient? Like, seems like a bad idea, but okay. Yeah. So they go over to where the deer was. And he's like, I don't understand. That deer was laying right here, dead as a post. But the deer was gone. And all that was near them was an artifact from the earlier early Indian tribe of the reservation of the old arrow. So, the Frakes phrase, was this the revenge of Indian spirits? Mm. How do you explain the presence of the arrow? 
If you decide if this is fact or fiction, are you still hunting for the truth? <laughs> not my words. I didn't want to say them. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at the words. I'm laughing at your tone, which is pitch perfect, friend. Pitch Thank perfect. You. Thank you. Um, I kind of want to go with true because I would really like it to be true that Judd died. <laughs> Man, not arguing with you on that one. Uh, he's making me wish harm because, like, in my mind, he's Donald Trump Jr. Like posing with a dead lion, and all I want is for the dead lion to just be like, "You're and not that. You're not I'm that a ghost far lion, off. and yeah. I am killing you now." No, you're not that far off. Okay, so so I'm going true. Katie says true. Got out it. of wish, out of wishful thinking. I know what you're thinking right now. Could it get worse? I must. And I'm here to so tell wait, you. So wait, when you texted me, did you text me during that story or did you text me during this new one? I texted you because you know how when you pull it up to watch it, it shows you the titles of the four oh. stories. Whoa, 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 whoa. Story number four, Tribal Curse. No! A young man has to face the threat of a deadly tribal legend. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have to face any of that. No. <laughs> oh no. I didn't even really write down what the prop was here. That's I'm just fine. Right, I just I just wrote down what Frakes was saying because every culture has an object to ward off evil spirits, from gold sure. amulets to a rabbit's foot. Man has a need to protect himself from the unknown. Does a rabbit? Rabbit's foot's just lucky. Is it? I don't. I'm sorry. Moxie's listening. Moxie's listening. I'm so sorry, PA Moxie. It's not me. It's not me. It's just a made up story to skip. Honey, no. No, that's just an urban legend. Don't worry about it. Okay. It it would be a mistake not to take these fears and superstitions seriously. For now, love is in the air. But soon the air will be filled with tribal screams. No! Okay, so that's so freight so Frank's phrase ends it and we open up on on the scene and my notes start off in all caps going, Where are we? So Frakes tells us that there's an American grad student whose name is Jason and has been living with a tribe in the Brazilian rainforest for the last two months <sighs> writing his master's thesis. And they show Jason and he is a stereotypical mid-90s white boy as you can imagine in theory he's living in the brazilian rainforest and he is wearing something that looks like it came from the 90s banana republic store he is wearing shorts cargo khaki shorts he -hmm. is wearing a short sleeve button down shirt he is wearing a khaki explorer's vest that's got like all the pockets i'm surprised he wasn't wearing a goddamn pith helmet it was honestly that was gonna be my next question it would have it would have fit and he just looks like your generic white guy let's just we could we could call him chad and that would be perfect i love it that's his name that's his name chad Chad. okay so chad the only positive i can think of with the story is i'm pretty sure they made up the name of the tribe because I did a super quick goog and could not find anything on it. So 
So at least we aren't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Super quick gig. Because I really didn't want to get too far into it. Super um, quick gig. So, so at least, at least we aren't offending a particular group of people. However, we are offending everyone instead. Right. So that's the like, flip. At first, you're like, oh, at least they just made it up. And you're like, oh, God, they made it up. And so they pulled this from every stereotype they could possibly think of. Okay, this is the last overview sentence of the okay. intro. Bentu's chieftain has allowed him access to their tribe with certain restrictions he must honor. So, ooh, have you seen Midsummer? No, but I really want to. But you know Supervisor is not going to watch that with me. Then watch it on your own. Do I dare? You should. It is directly related to this, but replace a uh, fake Brazilian tribe with um, like Swedish cult. <laughs> like Norwegian. I think it's, I don't remember if it's in Sweden or Norway, yeah, I but it's like. I told you the story and you're like, yes, but it's with a Swedish cult instead. But no, but, but like, wait, like, so there's a white boy who's doing his thesis and he goes with his friends and like he wants to write about this like little village or whatever. And like it gets and he's there he's supposed to follow their rules and he doesn't and things go awry. Well, of that's course. not the plot. That's not the full plot of Midsummer, but that's like one of the storylines for one of the, the dudes. Well, of course, one of the rules of this tribe is about forbidden love. Of course it is. So we see this gorgeous woman who, of course, is wearing something that's probably very offensive to every native person and is scantily clad. Of course. Absolutely gorgeous. She opens her mouth, and let me tell you, she speaks perfect goddamn English. So again, I don't know if this is to be celebrated that they're not trying to make her speak with an accent or not. Like a faux, like like Drew Barrymore and Ever After, where it's sort of just like, this is an accent for nowhere. This is just but vaguely European. <laughs> shouldn't he just be speaking Portuguese? I, the whole thing. The whole thing. Or whatever their native language is. I don't know. She's educated him on the fact that she has just finished... A dream catcher. What is a dream catcher? He asks her. Yes, so much kind of, and it is. It looks like just a a very stereotypical dream catcher. Like like they got a kid at Michael's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um. She says our elders use them for guidance and understanding. And he very creepily, creepily, Chad turns to her and says, "All you'll find out is I dream about you every night." Ew. I know. <laughs> and she says, <laughs> "Gross." This is she, and she tries to school him. And she's like, "Look, you need to pay some respect to my grandfather because these are the our tribe's traditions, and I don't want to upset him." And he's all, "What he won't know won't upset him." So then she she obviously tells on him because then the chief tells Chadley he has broken the trust of the tribe, and you say you've you come here to study our ways, but you're only interested in my granddaughter. So like so. She told him, hey, Chad, hit, hit on me. Yeah. Yo, okay. this white clown yeah. is not staying in his lane. And so then Chadley is like, look, she's just helping me understand your ways. And the chief is like, shut up, Chadley. You have no love in your heart. And I'm warning you, stay away from my granddaughter. And he's like, no probs. I'm totally just here to do my research. And then I'm going to bounce. And I have a shit ton of respect for you. However, <laughs> for Chatterford, Chatterford obviously didn't take this little heart to heart seriously, and he continues his pursuit of the princess. 
Not too long later, the chief dies and his granddaughter's by his side. And we see the chief laid out and he's covered in feathers. Okay. And she puts the dream catcher on top of him. And the princess is obviously upset because she knows and she tells Chatterford that her grandfather died with anger in his heart because Chadley couldn't keep it in his pants. And he is disgusted. They, then they do another close-up of him, like, trying to hit on her. And he's just gross. He's just, he's just gross. And he's like, sorry about your grandfather. He was a really awesome dude. But, like, I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, what happens, like, now? And at first I thought he meant like, are you going to no. are you going to come to hog heaven or? Exactly. Do you go to Danny's hog heaven or what? And she says there's a sacred ceremony where his spirit leaves his body and it enters a crow. That flies away, and no one's allowed in that hut until his spirit has been released. To which Chatterford immediately says, I'd love to get some pictures of that. She literally just told your white ass no. And she's like, listen, fool, that would be hugely disrespectful to my people and my grandfather. And he's like, yeah, 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 you're right. I promise I won't do it. And she's like, don't. And he's like, won't. Girl, don't do it. It's not worth it. I'm not going to do it, girl. I was just thinking about it. I'm not going to do it. I did it. But you're a la smooth lady brain, so I'm obviously lying to you. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Frakes tells us that in the tribe's tradition that the robe, what I saw with him covered with feathers, is an actual robe that's made from feathers, including ones from crows. But then Frakes tells us that Chadley let his ambition win out over honor. Did. So he's in there taking pictures of the grandfather and the granddaughter sees him go in there and she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, listen, you don't understand. These pictures are important. And so she runs off. So then he runs after her. And then there's a giant ass crow following Chatterford in pursuit. And it just keeps showing the world's longest chase scene of this <laughs> him chasing her and the crow chasing him. And then eventually... She loses him, and he's looking in the wrong direction. He keeps running, and the crow keeps coming after him. And it's probably just the same footage, like, again and again and again, but, like, a little bit zoomed in, a little bit zoomed in. Mm -hmm. Until, basically, uh, the crow chases him off a cliff. Nice! I mean, <laughs> He sad. falls and he dies. <laughs> in scene. Okay. In scene. A fitting end to Chatterford. So, the Frakes phrase, he pays the ultimate price for superiority. He also has a period. For not being able to keep it in his pants? I don't know. Was this story an admirable retelling of an actual event? Or was it really nothing to crow about? <laughs> I'm going false. Because since we're on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and I need to explain my answer, my thinking here is... Let's say it's true. Who recorded the story? Right? Like the princess right. and the princess and the tribe, like why would they say anything to anybody? Because technically they kind of killed this dude. Oh, they didn't. Well, they're you know, their crow spirit did. But you know what I mean? But like <laughs> But if like if authorities were to find out, the authorities not gonna be like, a crow did it. They're gonna be like, You're we're destroying your entire tribe because a mediocre white boy died. So um who mediocre is even being kind he was just like 
stupid. Oh. Yeah. He just reminds me of, again, we need to watch Midsummer for sure. Okay. okay. Um, you will see the parallels. But also, so once again, all the movies that have been inspired by Beyond Belief. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing and very, very dark movie Midsummer. Uh, obviously. Based on the incredibly problematic and racist Oh, yeah. Story oh, totally. From um, Beyond Belief. Are you ready for our very last problematic story of the set? It seems it tricks you. You get almost all the way through the story before you're like, oh. Okay. It's a card game. <laughs> I just like that our, our noise is like Tina Belcher from Bob's Burger. <laughs> uh. A crooked card game is visited by a mysterious stranger. Okay. Okay. So the prop is... Basically, Jonathan Frakes has set out a card game. Several hands are dealt out with a bottle of whiskey and shot glasses. And I'm like, I am obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) Did he ride this card game on his party? Maybe he did. (laughs) You know, my former lover. And then he's talking about how funny it is that there's so many card phrases are are in our everyday vocabulary, which I I will give them that point. I hadn't really thought about that. That's true. And then he says, for the boys in the Deadwood Saloon, low down, no good, double dealing, liars. Okay. Yeah. So that that's who we're dealing with. Saloon like oldie tiny or saloon like biker. Bike? I have that in my notes. Next, it literally oh. says oldie tiny saloon in all caps. Wally could never figure out how Lucky beat him every time. Well, we can tell how uh, Lucky did because there was a mirror behind him on the ceiling, so Lucky could see his hand. And then Lucky had some cards under the table that he would switch out depending on Wally's hand. So two layers of cheatery. Well, Wally's having a real bad hand, and he's got he's got everything in the pot, but then he thinks he's got a really great hand, and he's going to win it back. So he's like, well, I don't have any more cash, but this watch is worth $3,000, and my wife gave it to me for our anniversary, and he throws it into the anti-file. Now here's, and it's an oldie timing, again, oldie timing watch, you know, like on a chain. This is where I should have known something was wrong, because I started thinking, well, how much was $3,000? In oldie timey saloon right. days. And how did the smooth brained woman, tiny smooth brained woman, have $3,000 to throw around on a watch for her man's? Mm-hmm. She she couldn't have worked. That would have been probably, I don't know, illegal? Maybe? I don't know. Am I to take this as a hint that this is fake? <laughs> I am obsessed. <laughs> so. Wally's like, beat this cowboy. I have a full house. And then Lucky has the very tactful comeback of, well, my house is fuller than your house. Everywhere you look, everywhere there's you a heart, look, there's a heart, a hand to hold on to. Everywhere you look, everywhere there's you look, of somebody who needs you. So then Wally's finally, poor Wally, poor slow Wally with the loving wife, is finally putting this together. And he's like, wait a second, I've been cheated. And the low down, no good, double dealing liars in the Deadwood Saloon are like, 
chill out, whatever, get out of here. So he leaves, and that's when we officially know that we are actually in the present, because when he leaves the saloon, there's cars whizzing by him on the street, and it's it goes from being, like, black and white or sepia tone to, like, just full color. And I was like, what's the point? What is the point of this? Lucky then tells us that losers always come back because they think they can win. So that was uh, June 3rd, he says. June 3rd, 1997. It had been a whole week, and Wally hadn't been back, which is apparently very odd for his his uh, routine. And then one day, an old man and a dog came in looking for some action, and we were open for business. So the old man says, is anybody here interested in a friendly game of poker? They all were looking around going, God, that old man sure does look familiar, but can't really place him. And Lucky says... Just looks like another mark to me. So the first thing that Lucky notices is the old man, who never has a name, has the confidence of a winner, which apparently throws everybody off. Oh, there's a confident white man. Like, we've never seen that before. (laughs) What? What? But the thing that really apparently unhinges everyone is that there is a dog, the dog that came in with him. He just has his eyes fixed on Lucky like he's daring him to cheat. And I was like, I don't know what that is supposed to look like. But Lucky loses a hand and nobody else at the saloon had ever seen that happen before. They even reported that it seemed like the dog was reading Lucky's mind and then sending telepathic messages to the old man. How would that affect Lucky's cheating mirror scam? So the old man is winning. And he is, quote unquote, cleaning Lucky's clock. And then again, much like the chase scene with the crow, we have too many charging montages. It is too long. It is going, like, we get it. We know what a card game looks like. And it just kept going. It just kept going. Yeah. What the old man didn't catch, the dog did. So then there's a scene where Lucky's trying to pull out a card from under the table. And the dog runs up to him and starts growling at him. And so Lucky, like, puts it back in the table and the dog backs off. Like, okay. Well, at the same time, Lucky is apparently having trouble breathing and keeps um, feeling like it's getting tight <laughs> under his neck. There's so many twists and turns in this And he, and there is. And he says, and it felt like a noose tightening around him. And like, is he perhaps having an allergic reaction to the dog? So then the old man wins all of Lucky's money, including the watch back. And he says, look. Lucky, you're a, what is it again? Low down, no good, double dealing liar. I let you off easy this time. If you keep cheating, I'm going to come back and get you. So he leaves. Old man and the dog leave. And, and the rest of the boys in the Deadwood Saloon are talking to each other. And they're like, but who was that guy? Where have we seen him before? And then the camera pans up to a picture that Frakes tells us this picture was taken in 1904. The late Judge Roy Dean, also known as... Of a hanging judge. So I really don't want to go into it, but we have to acknowledge that the United States has a long history of racism and very problematic past when we look back at um, capital punishment and who was hung either, Mm. quote unquote, officially by a judge or unofficially by a mob of people who lynched people, left them in trees, disproportionately affected African-Americans. And uh, so I find this whole episode turn a very awful, horrible turn as soon as we start talking about nooses and quote-unquote hanging judges. So the Frank's phrase was, are we giving you the straight deal here or are we really bluffing? 
there's so many things in this. I one. know. Where it's just like, why would the ghost of the hanging judge give a shit about Wally losing his watch and da da da? Um, Does that mean that the dog was a ghost too? I feel like I need to say true on this one just because one, always bet on ghosts. But two, the oldie, the fake oldie timey and everything like that, like, it's very specific in a way that Jay Leno was a bridge too far. <laughs> oh, I get what you're saying. You know? I understand. Yep. Okay, are we ready? Are we ready to do the uh, roundup? I hope I get, did I get one? Okay, good, I got one. Okay. 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 You ready? Okay. Story number one, the motorcycle. Story. Ooh, I'm obsessed with this. Katie says, false. Yeah. Frank says, fiction. I knew it! I knew Jay Leno was a weird-ass red herring! Story number two, blind man's dog. Katie says, true. Frank says, fact. That one was way too depressing to not be true. The actual quote was, yes. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> Story number three. Deer hunters. Mm. Katie says, true. Yeah, because I want, I want it to be. Frank says, fiction. <laughs> I know. I was disappointed. I wanted Judd to be dead, too. I know. I wanted Judd to get his comeuppance from a but ghost it's almost deer. And <laughs> I, I think it's worse that they made up this story, this awful, awful story. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Tribal curse. Mm-hmm. You said false. Did I? Okay. Frank says fiction. <laughs> Which, again, does mean that someone made that shit up. There's going to be a princess, and it's like basically Pocahontas, but he's a douche, and da da da. It's like they took the persona. From the girl next door story with the fine, fine, foxy face, and put it into Chatterford, who's shopping at Banana Republic. Okay. Okay. Story number five the card game. Katie says, true. Yes, yeah, she did. Freak says, always bet on ghosts. Fact! Always bet on ghosts! Yes! Y'all ready for this? She got four out of five. So, always bet on human ghosts and not weird ghost deer. Amended. Ecstatic with four out of five. Can I tell you? Yes. I did not raise to the heights, the high, high heights that you did last week, but honestly... Who can? That's an have, achievement. You gotta have high, high hopes for a living. Katie, excellent job with thank really, you. You were working with um, shit, and you did a great <laughs> job. I know? was all worries, and now I have slightly fewer worries. You should feel um, so good about yourself. I do. I do. Listeners, thank you so much. How did you do with this super racist? episode did you guess correctly did you roll your eyes as much as we did um are you obsessed? are you obsessed with freaks on a harley <laughs> do you agree with us that danny's hog heaven should just be a leather daddy bar yeah um you know 
are you be the title of my autobiography (laughs) mm's hog heaven uh are you going to get off of a video call and immediately start playing animal crossing um you know have you been to tarantula island like i have did you survive um Y'all, fucking, fuck, catching that coelacanth, I literally, like, my heart was in my butt. I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Anyway, so, listeners, we'll, we'll see you next week when MM is back on the hot seat. And we'll see if uh, she can maintain, oh, no. keep flying high. Um, and Why too close to the sun? Stay safe. Get vaccinated. The light at the end of the tunnel is mm. there. And Did you get your stimmy? Get your stimmy and then vax that ass. That's Um, right. Hashtag.